Stephen Burt began writing down ideas for scripts. One of those ideas was the idea of a lifetime. And so Bert and I had been planning to write a spec Riptide script. So we had some ideas. So we, we like laid out five ideas and two of them, they dismissed. We would never do those. But the other three, they said, those are kind of interesting. And they said, why don't you go think about how you would flesh those out for stories and let's, let's meet in, a, in another week or two. So Bert and I were like, okay, cool. So we worked on two of the stories, but the third one we couldn't crack. And then I had this weird notion in my mind and people should pay attention to this. This was an out-of-the-box thought. It was taking something that was an established, obvious aspect of the series and then questioning it. As I described the series, it was three guys uh, who were detectives. They lived on a boat together. So my question was a very simple one. Where did they get the boat? So Bert and I developed this idea around the boat, how one of the characters had actually gotten the boat, but then we find out it has a haunted history. So we went back in to talk to Babs and Tom, and we pitched the other two ideas. And then we also pitched this brand new idea. They said, we like that idea. And so why don't you guys go off and kind of write up, uh, you know, an outline for it? And we we're like, okay, cool. God, these guys are on hiatus. They're spending a lot of time just having fun with us. And we were, we liked them as people. We were having a great time. So we went back and we worked out the, um, the outline for it. And, you know, I was, I was very good with plot turns and plot points, and Bert was exceptional at character development. So that's where we kind of like meshed. And, and we also, um, we did the smart thing. Uh, we were not in competition. I studied the way he developed character, and he studied the way I did plot points. We learned from each other, which is mm -hmm. an important part of a collaboration. So we go back in with this thing developed into an outline. And... For the next 45 minutes, we watched Tom and Babs completely shred it, rip it apart, and put it back together again. And we loved it because these were two people who knew what they were doing. And we had a, you know, just a class A education watching them. And I love watching people with passion working at their art. So again, we had a great time. At the end of that meeting, Tom turns to me and he says, I, I, we need to have the name of your agent for business affairs. And I looked at him and I just went, did, did we just get an assignment? And, and Tom says, well, you got the assignment two weeks ago. So Bert and I walked out and Bert turns to me and he says, are we getting paid? That shows you how naive we were. We didn't know writers got paid. So I said, I think so. And he goes, how much? And at that time, the day rate for an actor was $250. So I said, well, hopefully it's $500 because we'll have to split it. At that time, a one hour freelance episodic script was going for $15,000. That's how much we got paid for that script. Uh, literally when they just paid us for the story, I was on the phone immediately with Bert because that was like $3,000. And I, I was convinced that we were now working for Lucifer and they just bought our souls. <laughs> um, so Bert and I wrote the first draft and the, we sent it in like on a Friday. On Monday, I was out of my house. I was out of my apartment. I had stopped working at the restaurant at that point. Um, I was not because I expected a successful career of, as a writer. I was, it was just time for me to move on. And in the interim, I was putting the ads in shopping carts, literally those ads you see in the front of shopping carts. I was making $130 a month doing that. 
now you're wondering how I could survive on that. While I was a waiter, I, one thing I had been taught by my parents, uh, my mother especially, was how to put away money. So I, you know, I was not rich, but I knew that I had some money to pay my rent and everything. I knew what my budget was. So I knew I had a little time. But in the meantime, I was making this extra money, putting ads in shopping carts. So I was not in my apartment. I had an answering machine. And when I got back, there was a message and it was from Tom Blumquist. And he said that, uh, he said, Steve, I, I read the script. Um, I really like it. Um, I've, uh, I've sent your names over to the A-team and to Hardcastle and McCormick because they're looking for freelance writers. You never know, maybe you'll get a job there too. And I was like, holy crap, what just happened? So then on a Wednesday, I was sleeping on the floor and uh, you're asking, why was I sleeping on the floor? Because I took the money that they paid me for the script and immediately put it into savings. So I didn't have a bed. I was sleeping on, on a mattress right. on the floor. You know, as I said, <laughs> I know how to put away money. And this was a one-shot deal, you know. So the phone rings and I'm asleep. So I pick up the phone and I'm like, hello. And the, on the other side of the phone, I hear, um, hi, Steve, this is Babs Grayhowski. I went, oh, hi, hi, Babs, how you doing? And she goes, well, I read your script and I gave your script to Stephen Cannell last night. Now keep in mind, Stephen Cannell is the head of the company. He's the one who created all these shows. Right. And she says, he only had one note in the entire first draft. And I was like, oh, that's good, right? And she said, well, we were wondering if you guys want to come down here and get an office and work with us full time on the show. And I went, oh, okay and then she said she goes you're asleep aren't you and i went i just woke up and she goes when you realize what i just said call me back and she hung up on me <laughs> and suddenly i'm wide awake and i'm staring at the phone like what was that did that happen was i dreaming that and so for the next two hours i desperately tried to come up with a script in my head so that i could call down to their office and find out if that phone call had actually taken place without looking like a total fool if it hadn't. <laughs> so when I finally called, they put me through to Tom's office and Tom saved my ass in that regard because when he picked up the phone, he said, so you guys gonna work with us or what? And I was like, yeah. And I, I, I said, we're kind of like a little overwhelmed here. I'm not really sure. I hadn't even talked to Bert yet. I hadn't called him yet. Um, so he said, look, I know you guys have jobs. He goes, we're on hiatus right now. So, you know, put in your notice, take the two weeks and, and you can come in then. And I said, Tom, I'm putting ads in the front of shopping carts. I'm not really worried about burning that bridge. So we'll be in this Monday. <laughs> but the following Monday, Bert and I got into my old Toyota Tercel and we drove to the parking structure behind the candle offices. And at the top of the structure, it was like six levels was where the visitors parked and there was a little bridge that kind of you walk across into the building. So we're driving up through the parking structure and suddenly I hit the brakes and we look over and there are two parking spots with our names. And Bert and I got out of the car and we stood in our spots. We left the car in the drive, stood in our spots and looked at each other and just went, what is going on? So we were taken to our office where we were introduced to um, our assistant named Kathy and we were told there were two desks in the office. Um, 
you guys pick out whichever one you want and we'll have office supplies brought up, but this is your office, these are your desks, and that's your assistant. If you need anything, ask her. And when the um, building person left, I looked at Bert and I said, what are we supposed to do with an assistant? <laughs> and Bert looked at me and he said, I'm trying to figure out what to do with the desk. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That's, that's like a long version of that. That's where my career started. Totally backed into it. 38, 40 years later, that's what it began. That's where it started. Total naivete, As unintentional. Say, life happens when you're not paying attention. Yeah. And by the way, the time that it, from that first horrible script that I wrote, the moment that I was standing in that office was about a year. You know, you and I had done that little stuff before then. Right. But as far as me starting to write stuff on my own, um, yeah, it took about just a year from that point to being stand, standing in. Now, of course, everything fell our way. I mean, that was really kind of the, with the exception of Larry Herzog that you and I met uh, at um, Heart to Heart. Um, that was like the first professional meeting that Bert and I ever had, and suddenly we're on staff. And the interesting thing is that we ended up writing an episode of, of um, Hardcastle McCormick, and the co-exec producer on that was Larry Herzog. Larry Herzog. <laughs> Steve's writing career was moving forward, but moving forward to where? For the answer to that question, you'll have to listen to the next episode of Beginnings.